Hello again, I'm Kim Bailey and she's Fuliana Osborne and you're listening to Inside Executive. Today we're going to explore how we feel about identifying core values in an organisation and how you communicate those core values so that the organisation benefits from having a set of core values established. There's really not much point in setting the core values if no one knows them, no one sees them, no one cares about them. From my own experience, it's been a long time since I was in the corporate world and so I guess I've let the idea of core values slip a little bit. And we talked about it over a cup of tea before we started the recording today and I find that that's probably not correct thinking. (laughs) And I was chastised for thinking that that perhaps I'd forgotten about core values or I didn't know about them anymore, I didn't know about them the way they are thought about now. And I've actually, in the last 24 hours, listened to another podcast that showed me some insights to how organisations address this issue when they are big organisations. And and it's probably as important regardless of the size of the organisation. I just hadn't thought about what a core value, the term meant, and how it would be applied to organisations other than what I see as a corporate organisation or a corporate environment. How do we come to these core values in a corporate organisation? I think a lot of organisations set them up from the leadership team or from the parent company, then try to explain them, communicate them, etc. My experience has been these work much, much better when you engage everyone in the organisation. Now, some people say, well, that's okay if your organisation is only small to medium. What about when it's massive? And the answer is, yes, you can do it. You can do it by having each department nominating people, have working groups, and coming up with the the values that will tie up with the parent company or the global organisation you work for. However, what's important here is that people themselves are coming up with the values, therefore they have ownership. They're using language that they understand, know what it means and know how to work towards it. And they bounce off each other in those those sessions. So I found that the most interesting and most energising way to come up with the core values. How can you do that though if the organisation is spread geographically and particularly if it's spread culturally across countries, how... How do you bring about core values that are usable across that kind of spread of organisation? Um, it's, it's harder. However, it is more about having each, if you like, state or country sit together in their own environment and, and workshopping what's, what's it for them and saying to each other, okay, what does that word mean when I say teamwork? What does it mean when you talk about having knowledge management support? What does it mean that, saying making the customer king or whatever it is? And they actually discuss it. And that would reflect, as you said, culturally, the country they are in, and which is very, very important. At the end of the day, it's very important that they all have a chance to put them together. And then towards the end, you bring it all together and get in the, the main themes the main consistent ones, and then come up with the core values that are acceptable and um, easy to understand across the organisation. 
But even if we looked at, at just that word that you've mentioned, the teamwork, it's it's fairly overused. You know, you look at any job description, any uh, any category of employment somewhere you're in, it will say that this person has to be able to work in a team environment or work as part of a team. You know, the, the, I just think that it's hard in an organisation, particularly if you've got an established organisation, to go to a, a group of people and say, oh, we want you to tell us how you want, how you feel about us and how you want to work and what you believe in. I am at a loss to see how you can implement that sort of process. It just sounds wonderful as theory and I I now know and appreciate that that you've done it in practice. But if I think about organisations, big organisations, I suppose it's easier for me to think about. If I think about them and I think about the fact that they've already been around for a long time, they've been working, these people have been working with one another for a long time, and if I sat them, split them up into the groups and sat them down and said, you know, this is what we want you to do, we want to hear your words, they'd look at me and they'd say, oh, well, we'll say something that will make her happy or we'll say something that'll, that we think they want to hear or we'll say something that we think we're supposed to be doing. Uh, how do you get past that reaction? You get past it by talking about it not directly, it's not asking a question directly. It's about saying to the group, all right, what are the three things that each one of you values about working in an organisation? What sort of, if you had your ideal organisation, what are the top three must-haves in, in the organisation? And you, you go from there and you take on board everything that everyone said. You put it on the board and then you agree on which one represented the most. So that on the teamwork one, I hear what you're saying, but I also would say is that I want to work in an environment where people are willing to share their knowledge. They are willing to help when somebody is needing help. Um, so, in fact, what, what yeah. you're expressing is the core values yeah. that you expect rather than use the overused word of teamwork, yeah. which we might ban. What we might do is we'll develop a list of words that are banned. At the end of the day, you've got to use language that is acceptable and understood by the majority of the staff and if that's the case and when I say staff I mean everyone that works in the organisation regardless to what level it is including the CEO. And sometimes that can be a bit threatening if you're if you're going to a senior executive this this senior executive group and you're saying to them we want you to tell us what the core values are you see in this organisation or you would like for this organisation, you know, if they're not completely self-actualised, if they're not completely happy in what they're doing and the way they're doing it, it could be perceived as a threat or a test. That's not a bad thing, actually, because what does it make? It'll provoke the discussion. And through that discussion, we're able then to learn what those concerns are and turn them into reality of a positive nature that is not something like, oh, yes, I know, I work there and... We say all these things and nothing happens. So it's not just coming up with their core values, it's making it comfortable for people to understand those core values across the organisation. And the beauty about having people participate from all areas of the organisation is they'll be able to explain it to each other. So rather than top-down approach. The other thing is, is then it's very, very important to me is that to not just use the words, not to just say them at meetings, 
but to actually live them. Very fond of this saying, which I really don't know who said it, but I really like it. That so, says, so let us know if you know who said this. <laughs> yes, that let us know, email us, or, or leave a comment on the site so that we actually can acknowledge it in a future podcast. That'd be great. Yes, thank you. Yeah, the the saying that I like is it goes like this: What you say, I can't hear, but what you do is so loud. That means people will judge by actions, not by the words we use to describe, in this case, the core values. Now, that's all very well. Then how do we actually treat people who are consistently living up to their core values and the ones who are not? They're just using the words and and, um, not doing anything. The best way, I believe, in doing so is to make it part of the performance management system or process. So people have targets and goals they need to meet, and these are the ones that could be financial, compliance, whatever they are. In There must be a section where it says, when you achieve those, they've got to be consistent with our agreed core values and behaviours. And if they're not, even if you're the best top salesman in, in the room and you're bringing all the money in, if you're not behaving in such a way, then no, you don't get your performance rating at the right level and you don't get paid bonuses and so on and so forth. And see, that now opens up a whole other area of how do you measure that? How do you measure how well they're meeting the core values or if they're meeting them at all? And, and they can't, I don't think, just be a... Yes or a no. Yes, you meet them or no, you don't. It's not black and white. So how understanding that, that we're assuming that the core values have been well communicated so everybody knows what the core values are, how do you measure that you're meeting them? And then out of that, if you're not meeting them, how do you work out what you need to do to meet them? Yes, all of these are very, um, and obviously that's going to take a long time to answer all of these. However, one example would be if the person can easily demonstrate that over the quarter or the year, whenever the assessment is, is that they participated with an organisation-wide project outside their normal responsibility where they're able to um, demonstrate that they have helped other areas come up with some solutions to a particular problem or um, complete a project on time. And, and again, so that brings us back to not using single words as the core values, not using theory or the things that you see on hung up on the wall in organisations, you know, the, the, the little framed statement and the list of things that are, in inverted commas, the mission statement and the values of the organisation, they're not things that go up on the wall. And if I, I guess if I see them on a wall, I, the first thing I do is question how many people in the organisation know about them or just know that there's something up on the wall that tells us what we're supposed to be thinking about. Yes, and, and that takes me back to what we do and how we behave. Yet leadership has to be demonstrated from the top and observing the, the CEO, the uh, leadership team, demonstrating those values and behaviours all the time is important. It's also important that when sometimes one of us, no matter what level we're at, we miss that. We do something that's not in accordance with our values and behaviours to feel comfortable to call each other on it. 
And if it was me, for example, I've got to be prepared to stand up, apologise and say, yeah, that wasn't, and um, and make sure I don't do it again or do my very best not to do it again and mean it, um, not just sort of say, okay, but we are human and we won't get it 100% right and people will appreciate that because they also are in the same boat. So we've talked a little bit up to this point about what core values are in a theoretical sense and, and how you go about establishing them for the organisation. What we also want to explore today is how you communicate to your team. And I heard the best example of communicating those core, or what a core value this morning, again through a, a podcast, uh, Addicted I Know, <laughs> or at least I, I have someone who presents them to me every day to listen to. Um, and it was about uh, a core value that is how you treat uh, anyone who interacts with the organisation and they didn't identify customers or clients or, or any single word and I suppose that that's the message that seems to be coming from me today is not the single word. Let's think about the core value being it can't be identified in one word. It has to be more, it has to be a whole range of things, it's feelings, it's, it's activities, uh, not just the single word. So where in the past we might have seen that an organisation would identify a core value as superb customer service or we treat our customers well. This organisation has instilled in their values that they treat everyone who interacts with the organisation, and that's how they put it, anyone who interacts with our organisation, so it doesn't matter what category you fall into, but everyone who interacts with that organisation is treated as though they are special. And special to them when they talked to the staff meant that the best way that you could feel special would be to feel like you were royalty. And so what they have is a throne at the foyer entrance area to the organisation's building. And everyone who comes into that building, regardless of whether they're just visiting, dropping off lunch, whatever, gets to sit in the throne. They get to choose either a crown or a tiara and they have their photo taken with the person that they're coming to interact with. And what that does is instill for both the person within the organisation and the one that's interacting with the organisation that the value of the organisation that they hold very important is that you are treated like royalty, you are special. When you interact with this organisation, you are so special that we're going to put you on a throne and take your photo. And what stays with you after that, that moment of, of pleasure is that, that, that image, that picture, not, not the physical picture but the one that's in your head. And it's, it, sets, it reminds the people in the organisation that that's the value that is valued in the organisation and it, 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 it shows the people who are interacting with the organisation that they are important to the organisation. I mean, so I can put on, I don't know if I do a crown or tiara. It'd have to depend on what I was wearing, I suppose. Well, I, I think we got the message about don't the, send me the impact. Don't send me anything. <laughs> <laughs> about the impact and the visual uh, image that would stay with you saying that everybody is treated here like royalty. Now, that mightn't work in the foyer for every organisation. No, However, the it, concept... Um, the concept is good, and I yeah. think that you, know, you, you can listen to it and you can enjoy it for the moment, and then the first thing you think about is, oh, that wouldn't work for us. That wouldn't mm. work for here because, you know, we're, everyone wears a suit and, you know, this is a serious business and we, we couldn't do that. And I'm not suggesting that that's an answer for anyone who's listening. What I'm saying is that it is a way, a, a very emotive and long-term way 
of communicating a core value to an organisation. And so just, I guess, encouraging you all to think about ways of thinking outside the square when you are communicating these core values. You know, you're going to go to a lot of effort to get the core values established. Just as important is making sure not only that they are communicated the first time, but that they are continually communicated so that those people within the organisation also continually communicate them because that's the only way that they will become core values to the organisation. You have to also make sure that this is done at the induction. Um, actually, before that, potential employees, potential employees coming to work for their company, it's very important they understand how serious their company is about their core values and see if the potential employee is willing and will fit in into this culture and their core values. Also, at induction, to go through it, and if we use that visual impact of that tree-like royalty, absolutely no reason why you wouldn't have that going through that. You can have a crown or something sitting in your call centre. Just a constant reminder about everyone that we interact with is important. And this is not just about the external people, but each other, that we treat each other with that respect and we treat each other with that level of importance as well. might be an interesting question to ask when you're looking at potential employees to determine what they think might be the values of the organisation if they haven't already addressed them in your recruitment process. Again, through this same organisation of the, the example previously, one of the questions that they ask of potential employees I find quite fascinating and I've asked it of myself and I've thought about it a lot over the, the time since I heard the question. And they say, if you wanted this organisation to have a superpower, a superhero power, what would it be? I think it's a fascinating question because it, it would stop people in their tracks and they would have to think about the answer because they wouldn't have thought about it beforehand. And that gives you, as the, the interviewing person, an idea of their thought processes. It also gives you an idea of how they match up what they think of the organisation to what they think the organisation might be lacking or could do better. And, and it gives you this insight but also gives you an insight into what they think is important. And so what they think themselves is a core value without having to study it or look at what the appropriate answer might be. Hello, she's sitting here just nodding her head thrown up at last, at last. <laughs> it's been a career challenge for me for a very long time. This, each time we, we have any interaction is to see if I can say something that stops her in her tracks. <laughs> it does happen a lot more often than, than she admits to because... <laughs> I think it's very important too to remember people's core values outside work. Um, if you're going to work for an organisation that, a, you know, let, let's say go to work for an alcohol or tobacco company, some people have really serious issues with that and therefore the match will not happen. So your own values about integrity, honesty, um, etc., are just as important when you come into an organisation because 
you don't want to give those up just to suit where you're working at the time. And to me, they have to align. Well, you can't give your best. You can't have core values that are in conflict with one another because either you're going to physically and mentally suffer by having to put your own core values aside or you're not going to perform to the best of your ability for the organisation because you're putting their core values aside. Communication-wise, I guess, the, the in the past, it has always been let's... We've spent all this money determining what the core values are. We're going to communicate them. The best way to communicate them would be to make sure that everyone has a copy. And how can we do that? Well, we put it up on the wall. One of my pet hates. You'll hear about all of them over time. (laughs) Why? Why would you put it on the wall? Who's that for? Who who are you telling? How are you communicating them? You can answer that. You can say something. (laughs) I don't have a problem with them being on the wall because it's sort of good to have them there as a visual reminder, particularly when we sometimes look at them. Well, I know, and I know that there's a school of thought says they're up there, you just becomes like background and you don't read them. But the best way of communicating them when they first, um, that the one I like the most is that what we did is we had after hours sort of drinks and communicated through fun. So we asked each uh, each department to come up with a, a theme or some people came up with a song and they sang the values and that. Some did an, a play act. The feedback we've got out of that, apart from the fact that it was a lot of fun, it registered with people and people remembered it. So again, let's make things fun and not so serious all the time and you must and you will and you'll be punished if you don't. It's more about I signed up for this because I believe that and I really want them and I want to live it. You've got to make them memorable. Memorable and memorable can be that you like to see them every morning. We we all know that there's a country in the world who has a system where the children every morning repeat the Pledge of Allegiance, sing the national anthem, salute the flag. You know, that reminds them from a very early age of the core values of the country. It's a memorable experience. They remember what they're doing and they remember the words and, and even if they after a while don't think about them so much they still in later life as adults if you question something they would say oh but it says this or we sing this or the national anthem is this why else when we look at the olympic games and we see people receiving medals for the efforts that they've put in and they cry and we wait for them to cry the camera waits to show you that they're crying while they're singing the national anthem because it's a memorable occasion and, and it's memorable for them personally. What they're acknowledging is the core value of the country that they're representing and that's where the emotion comes in and that's what makes it memorable, makes it memorable for them, makes it memorable for us. And so we go and we, we revisit those um, moments in history so that we can be reminded of what the values are. And I guess for, for us in this country, the sporting heroes and the sporting arena is, is where we look for our core values uh, as much as we do with the Anzac tradition. And in looking at all of those things, what was created to remind us of the core values were memorable events. By having the core values, particularly in or in any organisation, it's, it's a feeling of unity, it's a feeling of oneness. So whether you are in um, another part of the world working in the same company, 
you know what you've got in common is those core values. That's what you're signed up for. And that's probably a good way to look at the strength of core values. The strength of core values is not about, directly anyway, giving you a better bottom line, giving your customers a better experience. It's about your people knowing not just what they're doing, but why they're doing it and how they should. And that's, I guess, the, the definition of a core value. is It's, it's about what the organisation is, what it stands for, and then as a result of that, what it does or what it's going to do. As you can see, this topic, it got many facets to it. And, and we don't um, agree. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we don't agree about everything. I believe you, you would have similar and varied views as well. As Kim said, we've got our email address. We welcome your feedback. If you want to participate in, in, in giving us your feedback, either through email, we're happy to read it. Please let us know and we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, all, all of the topics that we're discussing are obviously topics that we can't completely cover in the time that we allow for the podcast. So we're going to revisit them and we do value the feedback that you give us on all of these topics because it opens up another avenue of thought for us and we hardly ever keep score of who's got more support. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Just give me the wind-up signal. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> Today we've talked about core values and about how to communicate them. We've expressed some views that are very broadly about how we Think about the, the, the term core values and how we have seen it or how we would like to see it or how we think it should be in organisations. What we've covered today is just the tip of the iceberg, obviously, as it will be for every topic. So until we see you next time or you hear us next time, I'm Kim Bailey and she's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Executive. Mm-hmm.